Sam, I'm John Kane. I welcome you to Let's Talk Native on this Tuesday, February 18th, 2020. While this program may not provide a path to spiritual enlightenment, we do encourage and in some cases start conversations. We kind of break the rules here for Native Radio. We don't do Buffalo speeches and we don't do prayers. We take a tough look at history, oppression, and survival. We talk about culture, the arts, politics, and identity. And we may step on a few toes along the way. But our real goal here is to bring people together by breaking down what separates us. We will take on the false narratives and provide critical thinking that all to all that is heaped upon us. And we do it all right here, live from the Cattaraugus Territory of the Seneca Nation. So, let's talk Native. But first, let me remind people that our audio streams on our website, which is www.letstalknative.com. I encourage you to check it out. Uh, we stream live video of the show on Facebook Live on our group pages. We take the audio, we put it up on SoundCloud, which puts it out as a podcast to all of your favorite podcast platforms. We take the video, we put it up on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, which is Let's Talk Native TV. You can follow us on Instagram at Let's Talk Native TV, and you can follow us on Twitter at Let's Talk Native. That's a mouthful. <laughs> I am the host and producer of the show. I'm joined in studio by Jake Proud, who is managing our audio and our video and uh, helping us put some graphics and some uh, images up on the screen behind us as we go along. Um, I, my guest today is uh, Sogoyeta, who, um, who is a frequent guest on the show, and he's, he's my go-to guy in terms of um, staying in touch with what's happening not only um, in Mohawk territory or Gonyogeha territory, but um, even a lot of the stuff going on out west, missing and murdered indigenous women, a lot of that stuff. So uh, I want to welcome uh, Sogoyeta to the show again. Uh, thanks for joining me. Yeah, well, thank you for having me again. Um, I guess I got to say, so as my opening remarks, I don't know if I was going to get in the end with that long introduction you had. You got to set the stage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I mean, look, there's, you know, it's kind of some dramatic stuff going on right now. I, uh, and on my promo, I say, look, we got their attention now. Um, not only has there been this you know, really 10-year conflict going on in uh, Wet'suwet'en territory, you know, Stoughton, uh camp and and and, uh, and such. But um, the blockades that have primarily been taking place uh, in, in Mohawk territories uh, of rail, highways, uh, even border crossings, um, although uh, the, the folks down here in, uh, uh, in Seneca territory, uh, I guess, blocked the peace bridge for a little bit too. Um, but the blockades have really um, grabbed the attention of, uh, of Canada. And uh, was it today that, yeah, it was today that they addressed that the, the House of Commons, um, Trudeau, uh, all of the, all the, the big heavyweights came out to address the House of Commons on the Wet'suwet'en conflict and the blockades. So you had uh, actually sent me the link so I could listen in on some of that. Uh, it's pretty dramatic stuff. I mean, look, a lot of it's lip service, and, and I get that. But uh, but there's a lot of admission there, at least on the, on the part of the liberals, and just a lot of hate, hostility, and aggression that comes out from, you know, from the right, you know, whether it's uh, Andrew Scheer and his opposition party or, you know, or whoever. Um, you can tell that we have definitely um, put Canada on notice with, uh, with the uh, amount of um, 
you know, uh, again, how much we, how vulnerable, again, we've shown their infrastructure to be, and and how intolerant we um, we remain over uh, over their aggression. So there was that, and of course, the other thing that took place was the was the press conference by by a bunch of band council, um, Mohawk band counselors, I guess is the best way to put it. And, I, and I'm trying to be I'm trying to be fair and kind, I guess. Um, but I want to talk about both. So I mean, I don't. So guys, if you want to weigh in a little bit on what you heard out of the House of Commons first, and then we can get into what uh, what some of uh, the fearless band counselors had to say. Yeah, well, Trudeau started out the meeting, and uh, basically he he gave he gave a talk, which uh, we both know is not you know not really going to all happen that way. Uh, but he did talk about not keeping the police out of the areas, especially Kindanega, uh, where the OPP have gathered in big numbers around there. And he decided that he said that we need to keep them out. We need to have future talks, and uh, we need to talk about a peaceful situation. So well, and, and he, I mean, he not only, you know, um, squarely addressed um, his desire to avoid any kind of, uh, well, at least that's what he said anyway, avoid any kind of you know, paramilitary uh, uh, violence against uh, against those who are doing these blockades. And and again, he made it very clear that in from his perspective that that, you know, this was a an action that that um People were taking in response to what's happening in uh, Wet'suwet'en territory, and the failure of Canada to properly uh, address a lot of the issues that you know the tensions that still exist between Native people and uh, and Canada. I mean, and and he, and he said all that stuff. I mean, and he was very. Um, I mean, he, it sounded it sounded all great. The words all sounded great, but unfortunately, we know that those words sometimes ring pretty hollow when you when you know that at the end of the day, this is about us saying stop trying to run a pipeline through Native territories and. And even as they admit that their Supreme Court of Canada has acknowledged that that territories like Wet'suwet'en, they they have original title to the land and that it's it's theirs. It's not for Canada to do with what they want. And 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 there seems to be some you know some inability to recognize that that anybody. Uh, other than Canada has a right to to say what's what happens on territory. In fact. Trudeau went so far as to say, because this pipeline um, doesn't cross the provincial borders of British Columbia into other provinces, so I'm, I'm trying to word this pro- properly, um, that that it's a provincial problem. It's not even it's not even a federal problem. So it's almost like he passed the buck and said this is co- uh, uh, totally up to BC. Of course, it does cross provincial borders because it leaves the uh, you know what bc claims to be their territory and enter, enters into Wet'suwet'en territory so there's a, there's a lot of double speak that comes from 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 trudeau on this stuff but it man he sounds you know he sounds just great doesn't he <laughs> <laughs> yeah from who's then i don't know but, you know the whole issue that started with the the, new, the newest raid into Wet'suwet'en and uh, the guys uh People in Tainanaga set up uh, a land defender defense on the railroad tracks and said that no trains would be coming through. 
And uh, that's the reason why. And, and there was a meeting in Pinedenego last weekend um, on um, Saturday and to talk with Mark Miller, who is the, I can't remember what they call him. It's the Indian Indigenous Affairs Minister or something like that. In, yeah, in, yeah. Indigenous Relations Minister? Yeah, or something, yeah. Something like that. But anyway, he came in, and he came in with the idea of saying, well, you know, we, we'll, we need to polish the covenant chain. You know, and, and the covenant chain had no no thing in there except for um, the people of Tainan, but saying, okay, we can talk about that. And uh, he came and he wanted to re reconvene the, the proper ways with the covenant chain, which was actually between the the Queen of England and our and our people and had no basis with the colonial state of Canada and you know they have they they say they have a constitution um, but you know in 1968 um, Justin's father Pierre uh, brought forth this white paper you know and, and that was going to destroy uh, the original people anyways with that white paper but he couldn't pass anything he couldn't even be accepted as a as a country because he didn't have a language he didn't have a culture and he had no land you know and so justin is is basically was basically trying to do the same thing as as his father did but it seems like there's too many native people you know in his side of that so-called borderline and uh, everybody is reacting to it, and everybody's doing stuff. And, and the biggest, you know, everybody did, you know, demonstrations and uh, land defender protests. <laughs> They're doing it all over the country now. And the biggest one was Tainanega, you know, because Tainanega cut off the supplies from Montreal to Toronto, you know, and and they're trying to push it as well. You know, they're hurting the native. They're hurting the average. Canadian citizen because he can't travel from one area to the other. Well, and, that, and that's kind of where the the opposition leader, that Andrew Shearer, tried to get in to say that that this is just a few rogue scoundrels, like we're t- like it's just a few terrorists that are trying to hold all of Canada. And of course, he when and then he tries to include native people into that that they're being held hostage by by these you know by this violent few um, you know terrorists essentially. And and then you know he goes on to try to say that that. That the overwhelming majority of Native people want these pipelines through their lands. I mean, so he stands up there in the in the House of Commons as if he has some legal or or any type of right to to speak on behalf of Native people. And just watching those two sides, though, it was it was incredible because every time Trudeau would speak, you could hear the the conservatives heckling him. I mean, to the point where the um, uh, the Speaker of the House actually had to um, had to. Stop! Had to stop Trudeau and said, and had to call these guys out for for heckling and for interfering. I mean, you talk about just. I mean, when you talk about an uncivilized process, I mean, these guys are like a bunch of children. I mean, it's it's amazing to watch how how crazy. I mean, look, and it's the same thing when you watch any of this this parliamentary stuff in in England. I mean, these guys actually throw stuff at each other and all kinds of other stuff. It's it's it's, it's insanity. But to listen to Trudeau. Trudeau um, make it sound like he was giving so many concessions, but the but the fact of the matter is, he actually positioned Canada to take over a private um, uh, oil and gas pipeline so he could run it as a Canadian project 
through native territory. So, so he's pushing this issue and pipelines every bit as much as Trans Canada or anybody else is. Yeah, and, and the basic thing he did was, you know, the Canadian people believe that it's uh, the Canadian tax dollar that paid for that project, but myself and others believe that it was the trust fund that belonged to us that paid. Well, for and it. and you got to explain that a little bit because I, I think most people have no idea, especially on the U.S. side, but uh, but even on the on uh, on the other side of the imaginary line, there's there's a lot of. Uh, I guess misunderstanding. This this trust fund is essentially money that is not Canadian taxpayer money. It is native money that uh, that that um, essentially the the crown is sitting on. Yeah, and and what it is, you know, all the resources that were developed, um, the money that came out of it was a hundred percent, and uh, the Queen decided that she was going to take sixty percent to be sent to England. And 40% was going to be here for the native people. However, the native people can't handle money. So she set up a board from her colonial state of Canada to decide what they're going to do with it. And that's what our people don't understand. You know, they talk about band councils and the monies that come into band councils. And there's always strings attached from the Canadian government to these band councils. And again, so they, they suggested that it, that it's Canadian taxpayers that are funding these band councils. Right. Right, they say that same thing, but you know the monies that come in and people, our people don't understand it from across our territories that that money belongs to our people. That's money already that has been dedicated that it belongs to our people, and and it came and, from our people. It came from right. from from our our lands. It came from the the lands that we either allowed them or uh, to you know to to extract um money from or wealth from or that they did it without without permission you know on the last show that i did of course you joined me a couple of shows ago when we were first uh-huh. talking about this but on the last show i talked a lot about um this question or debate whether native people have the have the veto power uh over projects being imposed on their land and and of course according to the you know the un declaration of the rights of indigenous peoples they mentioned this uh, this concept of free prior and informed consent six times throughout throughout that um, that document and free prior and informed consent is is the same thing as as veto power i mean it, it's essentially saying you can't do these things unless and and not just canada this is any of these colonial states what the what the mm-hmm. international community is saying is unless you you get f- free consent from the people and that consent has to come in the form uh, that that it is it is freely given that they are fully informed about what it is that you're proposing and and that you have real consent not just consultation so this idea of free prior and informed consent says look if you don't have that from the people then you can't you can't impose your will on on not only on their lands but on projects that will affect their land so even you know you, you you take a look at something like the Dakota Access Pipeline you know, they could argue, well, that pipeline wasn't actually going through Standing Rock. It was upstream of that. But the, but the fact of the matter is that pipeline w- clearly um, posed a threat to Standing Rock. Uh, so that, uh, too, would, would fit under these, these project developments that, re- that would require free, prior, and informed consent. So there was, there's that debate. And, and you know, Trudeau's talked out of both sides of his face. There's been people, even when B.C., claimed to take the UN Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous People and and passed a bill to make it part of uh, British Columbian law, they immediately said, well, that's not to say that we're giving Native people veto power. 
So right. they say on one hand, oh, yeah, we're, we acknowledge the, the UN Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous Peoples as a matter of British Columbian law. And, uh, and we acknowledge that, that in order to do projects, we need free prior informed consent. And then they turn around and say, well, but that doesn't mean that they have say. And, and that's where the, the, uh, the conservatives and this Andrew Scheer, I mean, he, he's basically saying just, you know, just send the military in, send the RC and, 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 you know, knock heads and uh, lock all these terrorists up. That's essentially what he's saying. And, and of course, Trudeau, Trudeau is trying to do a tap dance around this stuff. He's, he's double speaking on the things that he does that is viol- that have violated native people. And, you know, and tries to come across as this nice guy. But, you know, you're right. He's carrying, he's still carrying water from his dad. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, him sending to the meeting in Tyndanaga, which I was a part of, you know, he came with the idea that he was going to come there and, you know, and talk to people and hopefully take the the blockade, if you call it a blockade. I, I call it a land defense method, yeah. you know, and... And he thought that he was going to do do that and, and polish the the covenant chain. However, that wasn't the idea he got from uh, our people. You know, our people informed him that the covenant chain doesn't belong to Canada, and if there was a process to be talking, the Queen had to put a representative, which usually was the Attorney General. You know, the Attorney General dealt with that stuff, and then possibly one of his uh, ministers, like. Um, Mark Miller would be down there. And the basic thing that came out of that meeting, and I'm not going to describe the whole meeting, but the basic thing that came out of that every time was that he was told, take the RCMP out of Wistudawin territory. Well, and see, mm-hmm. and that, that seemed to be the problem. As I watched, you know, this conversation, you know, devolve into, you know, this polishing the chain, and, uh, and uh, it, they made it sound like just them showing up was them offering something and that they needed the these blockades ended you know as a response to just showing up doesn't do anything i mean them them sending up miller or anybody else or or trudeau trudeau giving a speech or something that's not a concession i mean all these 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 words are hollow if they don't pull these you know the the rcmp out of uh uh their territory then they haven't done anything yet. So they think merely engaging us in a conversation is them offering an olive branch and that we have to respond somehow in kind, which is putting this thing exactly backwards. I mean, there, you know, I've, I saw somebody put a great meme out. They, they said, um, um, Canada is not being held hostage. They're being held accountable. And that's right. exactly right. I, you know, these blockades and, and Tandanaga and Ganawaga, different places. I mean, uh, again, I know the Thousand Island Bridge was actually blocked for a while. All of these these actions are in solidarity and are calling for one thing. Pull the RCMP mm-hmm. out of West Oden, uh territory. Right. And it's going on all over the country. You right. Know, in D.C. and uh, Manitoba and Saskatchewan. All over the place that people are reacting to that. And it's not just a... A little group of uh, radicals, which Sheer, yeah. you know, I, I I compare Sheer to the KKK. Absolutely. If you want to know what the KKK is about, just listen to Andrew Sheer. Sure. You know, and he'll, he'll tell you everything. And and the fact is, you know, the student when was uh, invaded in a criminal act. You know, they should have been criminalized for what they did because that's part of their society or group 
that they hang with that. That was a criminal action that happened. Well, and even listening to the to the um, the women out there in uh, um, uh, Westonian territory and you know Stoughton camp and everything else, they said every time the the, the pipeline companies or you know or anybody else does something that interferes with their life. It, it takes days or hours or days to get any response from, uh, you know, from any law enforcement to, to hold those people accountable. And yet right. when it comes to, uh, you know, to trying to, to, you know, to being aggressive towards native people, just defending their lands. And again, I got to go back this, you know, I'm not a big fan of, of any of the court systems on us or the Canadian side, the us courts or the Canadian courts, but the Canadian Supreme court, they flat out said, "Look, that land is not that land is is uh, was stolen territory." I mean, they didn't make yeah. any. They talked about original title, and and yeah. who so and this is a you know the, and they every ruling has gone um, in favor of native people. And I'm not saying they you know they can't manipulate the courts and get a ruling against our people. That's why I don't give stock in their rulings. But th- because they're not granting this stuff, they're just acknowledging what we've always said and what our people have always said, and. And so when you take somebody like Andrew Scheer, who just thinks that that they have absolute eminent domain powers over all of uh, uh, of what they call Canada, with, without, as you said earlier, without any legal title to any of the land. I mean, they really don't have any. I mean, they have less of a of a you know a, a title to the land even the, the than even the u.s does the u.s made crap up and they used the doctrine of christian discovery you know to um to create this this land title basis but canada didn't even do that they they didn't even they don't even have a court case bad or otherwise that that supports their claim to the title right and and the thing is you know we look at with because that's where everything went down what happened twice but there's other uh, people out there who are who are defending and blocking that line. You know, you look at in Blue River where uh, the Manuel sisters are mm-hmm. are living in um, tiny houses. You know, mm-hmm. living there and protecting that and trying to keep the the man camps, which affect which affect all the women because missing and murdered indigenous women are vulnerable because of those. And, 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 and what you're saying is on either side of that imaginary line same on the u.s side i mean we have territory after territory after territory that these uh, you know this so-called development is uh, is is uh, imposing it is trespassing and, right. and and so you're right i mean the the, the about you know, the westoten story what makes that story so impressive is the fact that these guys started 10 years ago not only you know um making clear what their stance was but um but really saying no we're we're living here and 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 they started re even reestablishing um communities um camps and uh, uh you know community buildings to um to to put their people right there um living off the land you know experiencing and, and and living more more of a sustainable life they've actually said no we're not going to be huddled into these uh into these villages that canada has forced us into we're start, we're going we're going to enjoy um our, the free use and enjoyment of all of our lands and so they've been doing that for over 10 years yeah yeah and and the thing is out there too you know they talk like here, like to talk about. Oh, we have uh, consent from a lot of native people and from the Canadian band council governments. 
Well, well, take the elections of the band councillors. How many people vote in those elections? You know, back here at home, you know, it's a small percentage who vote in band council elections. Yeah, and I addressed that in um, my last show. I talked when I talked about free, uh, you know, prior and informed consent. I said the problem is consent from who? Because right. if you're getting consent from band councillors, that's like Canada giving permission to Canada. I mean, yeah. it, and you know, sorry, but it's it, it, you know, it's it's like in Dagarundege's, uh interview, uh, you know, that's been that's gone viral. You know, these people got to have got to face facts, and you know, and we'll right. talk in the second half more about the press conference that that took place with the with the band counselors. But these guys do not have the legal right to uh, to to grant consent um, to to place. Uh, orders on their people they they have they have no power to do that because it they don't their power comes from canada it doesn't come from the people and and they they have stepped out of our canoe and have uh, into their ship the you know even even guys who have you know again nice flowery words you know they can speak in mohawk and they do all this stuff but at the end of the day if their entire existence is based out of the indian act then they're no longer you know uh, they're canadians Right, right. That's what they are. Just like uh, the American tribal councils are Americans. Yep. You know, those guys follow the same situation as the Canadian Bank Council. And again, in that in that same area is monetary money that's sent. That money, again, belongs to our people for all the things that they've taken away from all the people and, you know, all the lands they've taken away out west and, and imposed the... Uh, their laws on it. They look at uh, becoming a federally recognized tribe, and only that is to be recognized by the United States as under them. You know. Well, and and, and, and this isn't just band councils, though. I mean, we got to we got to be fair and be honest here. The, some of these guys who claim to be traditional councils are are every bit in the pocket of the United States, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, or the or Depar- Department, uh, you know, or Indian Affairs uh, on the Canadian side. I mean. So I mean, look, I listened to the to the one hereditary chief uh, in uh, in his press conference out there in West Oregon territory, and he he's talked about how much faith he had in his court system, meaning Canada. He said, right. you know, it's great to be you know that we're treated like real British Columbians and uh, equality as e- being treated equal as British Columbians and as Canadians. So if you got even the traditional guys saying that stuff. So I mean, and, and that goes for Haudenosaunee too. I mean, we've got plenty of people who want to claim to be, you know, these traditional chiefs, but there, I mean, many of them have, have aligned themselves with, uh, you know, with American politics, with uh, with the Bureau of Indian Affairs. I mean, look at Onondaga trying to help, you know, or help, and I put that in parentheses, you know, getting involved in in Oneida federal recognition in Cayuga federal recognition I mean their lawyer and and their so-called chiefs are down there at the you know lobbying the Bureau of Indian Affairs for one side or the other to be you know of of a of a leadership conflict never trying to bring the people together so I mean I I, you know it's frustrating because I mean as much as I I have a problem with you know with American style democracy you know uh, being imposed on our territory Man, we we've got problems with with some of these guys who want to claim to be condoled chiefs or hereditary chiefs or whatever else because they're not doing right by the people either. Right, and and the thing with that is, you know, our history where where we put up things, you know, we never called our people chiefs. You know, these were spokespeople for our clan, 
and, and that's the way it's supposed to have been, you know. Although we were supposedly, uh, according to most of the uh, people from out west, they're saying that, you know, we we just gave in. We let them through, and they went through out there. But all of us at that time didn't get rid of who we were and get rid of our ideas on how we were. We never said, this is the chief, this is the chief. But we start saying that because these white government and white government representatives were, were tapping the, our guys on the shoulder and say, oh, chief, you're doing a good job, you know? Yeah, or, or paying them off, you know? And and, right. and, and the reality is, you know, we, we hear people say all the time, oh, we have a chief system. Dude, right. We never had a chief system. We had a clan system. You know, right. and, and again, I, I always try to you know make this point. This whole idea of people being servants of the people, that was a uniquely Haudenosaunee, Rudenosaunee, uh, concept. The idea that you that you ask people to serve your people, to be servants of the people, not leaders, not rulers, not dictators, not chiefs, but but can you can you allow us to place you on a path? Mm-hmm. And and can can you Make sure that you stay on the path as you're carrying our voice, that you don't deviate from that from that path and and start having your own agenda. That's what that that all means. When when we say Nuriyonesu or or Nuriyano, we're not talking about elevating somebody above us. So this idea, I mean, in in American and Canadian politics, they they say, oh yeah, we're in public service. No, you're not. You guys are, are you're you're trying to assert yourselves as you know as lottery winners of an election where you guys get right. rich. I mean, this right. isn't, it's not public service if you're looking down at the people. If you're a servant of the people, your job is to serve them, not to dictate yeah. to them. So, Yeah, and their society always tells them that, you know, if I get in that position, I'm going to make a name for myself. I'm going to make money for myself. I'm going to get land for myself and my family. Yeah. You know, so they forget everything that they were taught or supposed to have been taught, and a lot of them weren't taught because of the education. It's just like out west. When they say our chiefs, our hereditary chiefs, well, well, I have a problem with that because we didn't have hereditary chiefs, or we and we also didn't have matriarchs. I mean, that's the other right. one that keeps being said out that uh, yeah. we have matriarch. You know what matriarch is? Queen Elizabeth. That's a matriarch. Right. You know that's right. that's matriarchy. I mean, and so we had neither matriarchy nor patriarchy. We had people who who were were the equals of each other, and and when you were placed in the service of your people. Your voice actually became moot because now yeah. you you had a responsibility not to represent yourself but to represent the people. Right, and I think you know the big one of the big problems is the education that was done to our people yeah. to yeah. accept to be Canadians. You know, to well, I mean, even even though all the Christian stuff is about hierarchy, so everything everything that was imposed on our, our, our people, whether it was through residential schools or whether it was through, you know, um, you know, whatever colonial rule was imposed upon them, always talked about, you know, it, it created class systems. It created poor uh, poor people and wealthy people, and, right. and usually wealth at, at the expense of the poor. Uh, yeah, so we have to, we're, I'm at the bottom of the hour. We're going to take a break. We're going to go off on a song here, We're gonna uh, and we'll come back. I want to talk about the press conference. I want to talk about what, what some of these guys uh, who were being touted as Mohawk leaders had to say. So I want to talk about that when we come back. So give do me we a, have to? Yes, we have to do it. We got to do it. We got to call them out. Okay. <laughs> this is John Cade uh, Garjillo with my, <laughs> my friend Sogayeta. We'll be right back after this.
All right. Uh, thanks for thanks for coming coming back. Uh, hey, I want to give a shout out to my sponsors. I want to thank Ross and Holly John and the RJE family of businesses, uh, Eric White and ERW Enterprises, the uh, the folks at Grand River Enterprises, and our new sponsor, uh, the folks at Cat Res Smoke and Gas Shops. Uh, I want to thank these guys for for jumping on. And you know, again, uh, all of you who sponsor the work that we do here what you're doing is you're you're helping you know get these conversations out there and you know look we're we're not a a big viral sensation but you know there are people who hear the program and then say yeah i i i think that and that's the way i think but i've never heard anybody say it before and it's it's the way that the conversation you know continues and and it's really important that that these words whether you agree with everything that i say or or, or my friends okay says or Doug or anybody else the the point is to have the conversation and think about it and and again use that that idea of critical thinking and and put yourself in a spot to, to think about who we are as a people and what not only what took place in the past but where our future is and and that's where you know you're going to find yourself in a, in, a, in thinking completely differently about how much you need to participate in the Canadian elect- election system or the U.S. election system. I, I go through this all the time, especially you know coming into another election cycle in the U.S. How many people are saying, "Oh yeah, we need to go out and vote"? No, we don't. We we don't need to participate in their system. And and I and I, and I put the I always put the challenge out there. I says on the U.S. side, you show me one place, one place where the native vote could turn a red state blue or or a blue state red for that matter it it doesn't exist and and not only does it not exist it wouldn't exist if every native person registered to vote as a u.s citizen and voted for the same candidate which would never happen i mean you know i know the ones who really push you know trying to push the native vote are mostly the democrats right they they think oh yeah native people got to support you know um the progressive agenda they got to support democrats and yet we got guys like Mario or Andrew Cuomo or Heidi Heitkamp, these people who work directly against Native people. Or, or on the Canadian side, you know, the same thing. You've got people, oh, you got to vote for uh, for Justin Trudeau because Sheer is so bad. You know what? Sheer is, is bad. He's an asshole. There's no question about that. But the, the fact of the matter is, putting a wolf in sheep's clothing like uh, like Justin Trudeau still doesn't serve serve our needs. So why should we participate in those elections? I mean, this is an ongoing conversation that I have. But but what I'm saying, if you look at at most native territories and you look at how many churches there are in our territories, how much military enlistment there is in our territories, how many Canadian flags or US flags you'll see flying in our territories, <laughs> I'm afraid that if you really t- took the temperature, the political temperature of native people, you might find they learn, they lean a little farther right than they do left. So all you people who think that Native people need to go out and vote, it's not going to matter either way. But we don't vote as a block. We don't we don't share the same political views of the right or the left. We aren't right or left. We are we are distinct people. And the problem is the folks who get into these so called leadership roles, these band council chiefs, these tribal councils. Most of these people are so locked into Americanism or Canadian idealism that they can't, they, they've almost completely abandoned their identity. You know, they're writing, you know, they're writing, the, you know, the money that, that comes as a band counselor, but not as a native person, not as Ongwe Ongwe, as, as, as an Indian Act Indian, but, as defined by them, or a Bureau of Indian Affairs Indian is defined by them. 
So anyway, let me reintroduce my, my friends okay, at the, uh, to the program. Thanks for, for hanging in with us and, uh, and helping me go through this stuff. Now, I know that you, um, <laughs> you heard some of the press conference that uh, some of these guys, these band council chiefs uh, put on. And, you know, part of it is pretty disturbing. I, I know I, I got to give a little bit of credit. I, I read um, Mike Myers's review of, of some of what took place there. And I agree in, in large part to a lot of what he said. I mean, one of the problems is they are not the Haudenosaunee. In fact, right. they aren't the, you know, Gunyagahaga. They, they are band counselors and they are essentially, you know, almost like municipal governments of the, of, of, well, they are municipal governments of, of, uh, of Canada. It's funny. I was just reviewing a document that was done for the Seneca Nation and this, this non-native guy, Harvard School of Government and, you know, all of that other stuff. He, he wrote that this, that, that, um, Native government, tribal governments were part of U.S. federalism and and suggested that you, tribal governments fit right in there between states and counties in terms of the breakdown of of governmental structures within the United States. And of course, if that's true, then we better be walking away from that. And and, and while you may have um, band counselors or tribal counselors who operate that way. If you ask the people, if you go to the vast majority of Native people, they don't consider themselves part of the of U, U.S. or Canadian federalism or the or the 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 governing structures of uh, of, of Canada or the United States. And this identity problem is is really cuts to the to the core of what most of us are are, are challenged by. And like I said, I I asked the question: free prior informed consent from who? Because if it's from band counselors, that's like Canada giving Canada permission. Jeez, I'm tired from all my talking here. <laughs> well, now I want you. Well, I want you to weigh in. I mean, what What did you hear in this press conference? Well, I tried not to listen to it at first. As soon as I seen Mike Mitchell giving him the opening statement, you know, a man that said he had 30 years of uh, involvement in political field, you know, he tried to kill our people. Yeah, he's the one. He's the one that went with Canada to destroy us, you know. And here he is talking this talk, and, and then then you got people on there too that also don't really know what they're talking about. You know, you have uh, the AFN leader saying, "My Haudenosaunee people here." Yeah, you know, those, those are not Haudenosaunee people. Those are Canadian people, and they all talk about Canada. You know, I wrote a little thing on uh, a site that brought in um, uh, Simon from Gunasadage, yeah, where he, yeah. he said, you know, we got to have compassion. Compassion? What compassion has the Canadian government given to our Native people? You know, how many years have our people not been able to drink their water? You know, how many years have our people never been able to... Uh, Build a big economy because Canada didn't want to be threatened, or or have our children stolen from us, or you know, right. and, and all right. kinds of other things. Well, the other thing that that Simon did, he was one of the guys who was calling for the blockades to end and, and making it sound like we needed to give something to Canada before we right. could get it. No, <laughs> the, the reason for these blockades is because Canada is doing wrong. We stop right. the blockades when Canada stops doing what they're doing. And so these right. guys, you know, it's, it's the same thing that Trudeau sending Mark Miller in. You know, right. you think just because you, you sent somebody there with a, with a handshake, that means that we owe you, we, we've got to do something for you now? You haven't done anything yet. 
Yeah. Well, Trudeau was scared to come himself. Sure, sure. You know, so he sent Mark Miller, which I give a little bit of credit to Mark Miller because he put himself in the same situation as uh, during the Oka crisis where uh, one of their ministers wanted to, to develop this peaceful situation, and next thing you knew, he got fired. Yeah. So it was kind of a joke to to uh, to Mark if uh, we see you again, Yeah. you know? Well, well, let me get let me get back to to, to uh, Mike Mitchell though a little bit. One of the problems I had is if this if Mike Mitchell is going to uh, going to take to a press conference and then start talking about the virtues of the Great Law of the yeah. Gaiyanar Goa, he's not a, a a chief you know or a title holder under the Gaiyanar Goa. He's a band council chief, and and for him to stand up and, and make it sound like the 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 Goa is only about maintaining peace at, for the sake of anything else at the cost of anything else and and what he missed in all this stuff is look we Guyana Goa is about um maintaining peace not right. being pacifist not or, or I mean and of course even if you're a pacifist you 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 can't be a pacifist if you have no ability to choose uh, something other than peace if if you can only lay down then you're not a pacifist you're just weak and and yeah. so when when Mike Mitchell stands up and says, "Well, the whole basis of the great law is about is about being peaceful." No, it isn't. It's about doing the things you can do to to right the wrongs and and re, um, restore peace. Now you you can't restore peace if you're if you're being attacked. You you right. if you can't push back. And so if the Wet'suwet'en people are being attacked, we can't just you know what we're going to st- stand there with a bunch of uh, you know. Uh, uh, peace signs and, and say you know please stop doing that or, or we're going to pray or we're going to burn tobacco no you, you have to do something that you know that there has to be a bit of a, of a pushback so when mike mitchell stands up there and starts talking as if somehow he's the authority on the guy in goa i mean that's that's offensive i mean that's offensive right and then for him to come out and say his native his so-called native name well he lost that when yeah. he went the other way you know his name is Mike Mitchell. It's yeah. nothing more than that, you know. And then him to to describe what the Great Law was all about. He has he he called himself a faith keeper, you know. He holds no title within. Of course you know, not. Of course not. Not, not in the Ganyagahaga, you know. People who follow Ganyagahaga are not even with Garawio who follow it. You know, they're supposed to to abandon what he's done. Yeah. You know, so so him to announce all that stuff is just again lies. You know, lies to our people. Well, and then and, every- and then some. And one of the other guys, uh, this Don Brandt, was suggesting something along the lines that the idea of standing up and resisting is a is a Canadian thing. <laughs> I mean, are you freaking kidding me? So he tried to make it sound like you know that these guys in Tindanago were were fulfilling their Canadian obligation, their obligation to Canada. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I hate geez. I hate to say his name was not Grant. It was a miracle. Oh, you know, was it a miracle? To, yeah, I hate to put that on the miracles who were in Tindanago. Yeah, well, you know. You know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What are you? What are you gonna but, do? <laughs> I mean, most yeah. of these, most of these names are, are fabrications anyway. So, right. Yeah, but but and no, the but, guy, the guy is totally. I mean, you look at him; he looks like a white Canadian. He's clueless. Yeah, he, yeah. he no. talks like a white Canadian. Everything he comes out, and he tries to portray himself with the few words that he lo- he knows in Gunyong Yeah, you know? somebody taught somebody even, taught him to say. Yeah, 
Right, and even then he messes those words up, you know? Oh, man, it was... <laughs> no, I mean, uh, so you, you get a, a, a press conference of band counselors, and even even Joe Norton, and, and again, I know uh, Mike Myers made the comment, you know, for him to get... For Joe Norton to stand up there and, and attack the Indian Act, when that's been the foundation of everything he's been his whole life in, in terms of, a, you know, ba- a band counselor in Gunawage, I mean, Indian Act is what is what he's all about. Yeah. yeah, but the thing is, you know, they're attacking the Indian Act, and they want to become a municipality, <laughs> which know? is even worse. I mean, <laughs> essentially, yeah. I mean, it, it, not, right? It gets that, back to that whole thing. Like, like I said, this this white guy writing this thing for the Seneca Nation, making it sound like we need to structure ourselves within the federalism of Canada or the United States, instead of again for all of the lip service paid by you know uh, again by. Uh, um, uh, um, Jagmeet Singh and uh, you know the, the you know Miller or um, or Justin Trudeau or, or any of these guys who who you know some of these people had some positive things to say, but they still can't accept the fact that we aren't Canadians or right. that we aren't Americans, that we are a distinct people. Not saying we're better, but but that we're we're just not them. We just aren't yeah. them. And it takes a lot of education to our people to explain to them that they are not Canadian, that they they should not hold Canadian passports or or whatever it is. You know, they should not do that because that makes them a Canadian. Well, and yeah. and and again, you know, listen to even some of these ministers in the House of Commons quote some lines from the indigenous um, uh, the declaration of the rights of indigenous people and I've got problems with some of the language most of what's not in it but uh, but even some of the stuff that's in it is wrong but there it talks about this idea of forced assimilation that's what the passport issue is the passport is about saying, we will not let you travel. In fact, we're not even going to let you, we're going to do everything we can to stop you from traveling across the U.S. Canadian border. Another, you know, fabricated line. Yeah, we're not even yeah. going to let you, unless you, unless you, uh, um, accept U.S. or Canadian citizenship and carry the documents that, that prove that you're a U.S. or Canadian citizen. And, you know, and you try to explain it to our own people that at some point, Look, I mean, just look what just what what took place over over the last couple of weeks, you know, with uh, with these blockades. We moved mm-hmm. Canada, and I say we. I'm, I'm giving credit to the people who are doing. it. I'm not trying to take credit, but mm-hmm. our people moved Canada in a way that they haven't been moved in a long time. And right. and look, we can get all of the all the the conservatives all pissed off and uh, and you know calling for you know military action and all that other stuff, and we can get the liberals all saying, oh no, we got to play nice, we got we we we've got to kill them with kindness, you know, or whatever else they're they're suggesting. But at the end of the day, they had to hold this this session in the House of Commons because of our actions, because yeah. our actions. Are trying to condemn their actions. They, I mean, I, I, I want to be clear. Well, this isn't an, an aggressive act from us. This is a defensive act. We are trying to hold Canada accountable. Right, and you know, you got to give credit to all the young people. Yep, especially the young people. They're taking the action. They're out there pushing this issue. 
And then, then you got to give a little bit of credit to some of the settlers out there because yeah, those those allies are out there. No, we we do have some some people who who stood with our people and 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 look, you see, you hear a lot of positive things being said. And and look, you know, there are plenty of rednecks on the Canadian side. I saw a video of these guys trying to break down a barricade, and they finally got arrested, which was kind of comical. But mm-hmm. um, but no, we've got a lot of non-native people who are who are supporting us, and, and they and they because they know that we're right and. I, I, the other thing I've got to, and I, I'm not trying to place the, the women above the men, but I think when people hear about blockades, they they should know that 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 it's our women out there, every bit as much as it is uh, you know our men, our young men and women, uh, older um, men and women. I mean, this is not something that is that is just a bunch of gangland members or um, you know as uh, Andrew Shear tried to suggest, like it was just this mm-hmm. rogue mm-hmm. faction of. Uh, you know, of upstarts or something like that. No, it, right. it's it's. I mean, and some of our people are even bringing their children out there. Yeah. So yeah. 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 So I mean, yeah, the women take a you know a big responsibility in what they're doing. You know, you know, I've seen young women from here in Akazasna are taking the stance on on the thing, and and a lot of the women are taking the stance on the murdered and missing women mm-hmm. and and men. You know, they're taking the forefront and. And it's about time for us to do something, you know. Right. I've had a lot. Of, I have had a lot of discussions with warriors who who live in BC and uh, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, who are who are now really starting to take part in it, you yeah. know. And I keep I keep talking to them, telling them, well, warriors not just to go to war. You know, there are a lot of things that have to happen for a war society. One of the basic things I tell them is that we have to be unified. We have to be ready. Or anything as warriors, and and part of that is taking care of the murdered and missing women situation. Well, and the that other thing that I think uh, you know that's important to remember is there's also the issue of the future, and yep. and not just about you know looking after children, but but what are we putting in place? So when I see the the tiny home projects, when I see this uh, Unistodian camp and uh, and the Westodian people, you know beginning to build homes in in areas that they had pretty much left because they you know they had again canada pushes us you know pushes our people into these residential areas that they you know that they throw our own money back at us for and that kind of stuff but when i start seeing our people living more sustainably that's the future and you know so not only do we have have to deal with the with issues you know the traumas of the past and and of the of the present but we also have to have the vision going forward the reason that we we fight these these pipelines is because those are a threat to our future and and the reason we we are trying to promote sustainable living not just for ourselves but but trying to encourage other people to do that is because the the future does not bode well man is a very very destructive force and right. and unless some uh, unless our voices you know begin to be heard and unless we start um leading by example on how to live then you know then then we're not really carrying the burden that the uh, that warriors or or you know our men or women should do we we've got we've got to take it take it all on yeah you know it's 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 really a a great big task that our people today are taking on you know, to preserve it for the the children yet born, you know, to make sure they have uh, the land. We have to look at an economy that's going to help our people. We can't continue on living on what uh, the government says they're giving us. 
which actually belongs to us, you know, we got to have something going for our people. You know, well, and and, and it kind of goes back to this to this problem with band counselors, and you know, and and when when, when que- people question, well, well, who authorized these people to do these blockades? Well, well, nobody did. These no. are these are being done because. The failure for us to de- to address these these invasions of our territories with with pipelines and mineral extraction, or you know tribal councilors being paid off. I mean, because there's there's plenty of that going on. Yeah. We, I mean, look, not even a so-called hereditary chief or or traditional you know chief um, has the authority to to mortgage our the the future of our children. I mean, right. we know that some of what has taken place in the past, lands that were ceded uh, illegally, we know that that the very guys who put their X on a piece of paper, so whether it was Canandaigua Treaty or, or, or any, of the, any of these documents, m- many of those things were illegal. Because within the Goa, we know that no man or woman has been given that a power to, to, to bankrupt or, or to mortgage our, our children's future. So mm. when these band counselors who get, you know, who has Canada run their elections for them, want to, want to stand up and say, Oh, we have the authority to, to you know, to sign uh, permission for a pipeline. No, you don't. And so, no, I mean, I see, I see a half dozen or a dozen or two dozen or three dozen young people taken to the tracks. They have authority, not not these right. guys sitting in band council. That's, that's right. It's absolutely right. You know, it's the people that have the authority, and they have to understand that. You don't they don't look for a guy who's going to be the chief and lead you through all the whole processes. You have to take part in that. It's like saying, "Well, we have to pray and uh, create the Creator." What's the what to say? The Creator is going to help us. Yeah, how many times did I hear, you know, these guys invoke the name of the Creator or Sogwaya Disu in yeah. uh, in this press conference? It, 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 it just it just makes me sick when when I hear this stuff. Um, right. No, it's just frustrating. It's just frustrating. I don't know. I mean, but here's here is the one challenge though, and and I'm not sure, you know, and it's not for me to say or or even for you to say, but you know, for these guys who are blocking the the highways and the railways and you know even the seaway if it ever comes to that whatever um we have to have a strategy or or the or the people who are doing it have to have a strategy they don't need to tell me or you what that strategy is but what point do we say or do we acknowledge that canada has moved in a far enough direction that we can say all right now we'll give you something back i mean i think that's one thing but the other question has to be has to be do we, you know, and you and I talked about this on, on the phone a little bit. My concern is I don't want to create a conflict that puts our people in harm's way. I'm not saying that we don't, we don't take, you know, we know there's always a risk in the things that we do, but I don't want to intentionally be uh, arrested or, or brutalized by the RCMP or the, or the military or anybody else. So I think, I, I hope our people, um, ad- adopt a strategy that says, well, here's how we, we, we come to the table. Here's how we 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 uh, not retreat, but how we we remove ourselves and then come back and and uh, and and reassert ourselves. I mean, we don't have to block every uh, you know every road. We only have to block enough roads. We we only have to do. We don't we don't have to make it easy for the cops to to come after us. Yeah, yeah. We have to think. I think we have to think about exactly what how we're going to do this. You mm-hmm. know. And, and how some things are going to be done, you know, 
we have so much territory that belongs to us and and uh, the, the people of Canada who were in governing position before thought well hey let's put this railroad through these uh, native people's land you know not thinking about the president now and they're the ones. They're the ones saying, "Let's put these pipelines through NATO." Well, I, I, go, I go back to that that McDonald Laurier report back over a decade ago, when uh, that Douglas Bland wrote that uh, report, where he he used a uh, um, an Ivy League computer model to determine what was the likelihood of an insurgency you know that could uh, impact Canada and one of the things that he talked about was how so much of Canada's infrastructure is runs through our territories and they here they they may have thought well these are sacrifice zones that we can we can run this stuff through the territory but then how do they defend it and and that's where right now we're in a position that not only for projects that they want to do through our territories but projects that they've already done through our territories when they run their major rail rail lines through our territories then and their highways then then they've created their own vulnerability and and we have to exploit that vulnerability to make sure that they that they don't further invade our territories with these projects yeah and let's get back to those band councils (laughs) the band band councils are the worst thing that could happen to our people you know they're the ones who think they got all kinds of decision making powers they think they got all kinds of money and they just they just guide the people in the wrong direction. And, and then you got people who stand up for them so much to say, oh, they're doing such a great job. You know, back here, they did uh, Dundee land claims. Yep. And they said they were getting $240 million. And people just said, wow, we're going to get that much money. Then, then, I, then I told, said on my show, that's how much the Seneca's paid New York State in one year. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> says, wait, what? What do you yeah. mean? <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of blew that number right out of the water. Uh, I know some of the folks at Aquasasni who heard my show, and when they heard uh-huh. that, they're like, "Well, what the hell are we selling this out for?" But right, no, you're and, and the thing, the thing was, they didn't get two hundred and forty million dollars. Of course because... not, because they're gonna they're immediately gonna take money off of it, so they can say we're gonna give you some of your land back and take it out of that two hundred forty million dollars. Plus, they gave them money to do research and whatever, yeah, and they had to get paid back from that. Sure, you know? sure, sure. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, we're just about out of time. Uh, you know, one final note. Look, you know, we have to acknowledge that the, that our power is with our people. So even right. in the absence of people who have a firm grasp of the Guyana de Goa, the Guyana de Goa is, a, is about process. It's about how the people um, resolve the conflicts. You know, the, the first thing we have to do is we have to educate our people to say, look, we're not them. We're just not them. And I, I think that's, that's where this all starts. So, Goethe, I want to thank you for joining me. It's, uh, it's, always, uh, it's always great to have you, you know, come on the show. We've got to get you in town so you can sit in the studio with us. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to make a trip up there someday. All right, well, mm-hmm. you, I left breadcrumbs. <laughs> yeah, but there's more breadcrumbs going towards Ganawaga because I want to go see uh, the Garund again. Well, dra- drag day, them out this so. way. You're both welcome. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, uh, thanks for joining me. We'll, we'll talk okay. soon. All right, All folks, right. that's just about it. we got to wrap it up. Uh, uh, thanks for listening. Um, we'll be uh, back here. Uh, let's see. What, uh, oh, I'm not, in, I'm not in New York this week, but I am going to do my two-hour Let's Talk show live on Facebook. So I'm still going to do that on Thursday from 3 to 5. So you can, look, you can find us on Facebook Live. Uh, we just won't be on uh, WBAI 99.5 in New York City. But we're still going to do the show. So for look for us on Thursday, and, of course, we'll be back here on Saturday. This is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. Yahweh.